pleasure to say good morning and welcome to Jacqueline Pahota. Jacqueline is the executive director of the Retail Cannabis Council of BC, hosting this uh, Lyft Expo downtown. Jacqueline, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you with us. Talk to us a little bit about the Lyft Expo. It got underway actually a couple of days ago and runs through tomorrow. How's it going? Um, it is. We had a wonderful industry day yesterday. It was a lot of good turnout. And on the Thursday, we had a really great business conference. I had the privilege of speaking on two panels. Uh, which were really well attended. Um, you know, Lyft has traditionally been um, kind of a, a, a conference that was more focused on growing cannabis, and they've added um, uh, a retail component, which is really positive for my organization. So it's been a really um, interesting experience having them back uh, in Vancouver. Really great to see them, um, uh, you know, and have the public join us today on Saturday. Right. So now these seminars that you've been uh, parting, participating in, are they specifically for people in the industry or can people from the general public just drop by and become better informed? Um, you know, I think that the general public, they might be a little granular but on the business side, but, you know, the uh, there is a speaker's corner. There's a whole bunch of other things that are happening today that would be really wonderful for the general public to come and engage and learn and, you know, know our industry better. Okay. So talk to us a little bit, if you don't mind, Jacqueline, about your organization, the Retail Cannabis Council of BC. Presumably it's been around as long as legal cannabis has, or was it around before? Well, um, you know, we were actually uh, founded in, I believe it was 2015, as the Canadian Association of Medical Cannabis Dispensaries, uh, so CAMCD, uh, and that organization um, then transferred into um, RCCBC. So we represent um, legal cannabis retails, 134 stores across BC, um, and our, you know, organization, the, the point of RCCBC is to ensure that those businesses are sustainable and competitive and, you know, at the forefront of consumers' minds when we think about buying legal cannabis. So do you lobby on behalf of, on behalf rather of all of those uh, retail outlets across the province in uh, policy making with government, those sorts of things? We absolutely do, yeah. Um, some policies that my organization was really instrumental and uh, strong in advocating for were things like a delivery to the door for consumers during COVID, mm-hmm. uh, something we were really proud of. And then uh, there's also a program that allows our producers to sell directly to our retailers, and that was another one that we were really focused on you know, bringing to fruition. It's interesting. One of the major cannabis-producing companies in the country has decided to abandon its retail component completely and stick with growing and producing. Did that mm-hmm. surprise you? Um, not really, because that company was originally a cultivation company, and, you know, having, cultivating cannabis and and selling cannabis are two very different activities. Sure. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I really believe that the the backbone and the core of um, cannabis retail is that small, independent, private, small business. So, um, you know, that tends to be the the choice that the public makes, because we have a unique relationship with our, uh, our cannabis retailers, you know. Uh, I often say bartenders are like hairdressers. You know, you get a you have a, a special relationship with them. 
Um, so I wasn't overly surprised to see one of the big companies exit the space. When Washington State preceded B.C. with the legalization of cannabis in that jurisdiction, Jacqueline, they decided that they, in advance that the revenues generated, this would be brand new cash that would be generated by the sale of cannabis products in Washington State, would go to two sources, education and hospitals. And all of that money has flowed in that direction ever since day one. Here in BC, do you understand, first of all, how much tax revenue you produce on an annual basis? And any, do you have any sense of where the money goes? Um, that's a really great question. Well, you know, the provinces are entitled to a 75 percent of all of the excise taxes that are sold on cannabis. Um, and I mean, you know, we were in the you know billions of dollars at this point. Uh, you know, several I think several hundred million dollars in British Columbia. Um, I but I don't think that there is a specific place that that dollar those dollars have been earmarked for. Okay, at least not that I'm aware. Of. Okay, and one of the these say, I'm just looking through your uh, the Lyft conference agenda and uh, uh, very business oriented this time. And one of the things that you talk about is raising capital, how to finance during turbulent market conditions, and they have been turbulent. And by the looks of projections for 2023, Jacqueline, they're going to stay turbulent for at least another 12 months. So if you're trying to to raise venture capital to get started in the business. How difficult is it? Oh, um, it is very challenging. It was challenging prior to, you know, the economic turbulence that we're experiencing now. Uh, cannabis businesses, by and large, don't have access to the, like, normal financial instruments like most businesses do uh, because of our, you know, inter- there's an international component and also, you know, the industry is considered uh, a higher risk, which I think is um, very unfair because if you look at the actuarial data, we're actually a very good um, insurance. <laughs> um, so finding um, finding the financing is very, very challenging. You're essentially forced to find uh, private market financing. There's almost no institutional investment that's available. We've talked to small cannabis producers around the province on this program since the product has become legalized. And many of them are still having great difficulties getting their product to sale in the retail stores that you represent. What, what, t- talk to us a little bit about, about what is going on behind the scenes with you retailers and those small producers? Well, there's a, that's a, it's a complicated supply chain that we, we end up in because, you know, a lot, in many cases, our retailers are not necessarily the ones who are making those choices. And that's why that program I talked about where the producer can deliver directly to the retailer was really welcome mm-hmm. by retailers because, generally speaking, we are beholden to our central buyer, which is owned by the province. Um, and, you know, some of the challenges that we faced is, um, you know, when you're uh, you're bringing a new product to market, what are the what are the things that consumers are looking for? As, you know, unfortunately, I would say that we've landed on THC percentages with um, with cannabis, and uh, you know, those small producers, I think, struggle with you know. Um, maybe their product is a unique cultivar. It's got an interesting smell profile, but it's got a you know maybe a slightly lower THC level. And it's an unfortunate fact of the matter that you know a lot of the buyers in the market and you know across Canada are looking for super high THC, which I think is again a really unfortunate um, like trend in the, in the industry. Because what we should be looking for is you know a, a, a positive and and um, enjoyable experience when we're consuming cannabis. As 
as, as this product, sure, as this product has become legal uh, for now for several years, uh, have you noticed at the retail level that more and more people coming to stores who never would have gone to one even a year ago, uh, and uh, what are they buying? Oh, that's a, that is a wonderful question. So, you know, the fastest growing demographic of cannabis consumers are actually seniors in, in British Columbia. And what we're seeing is there's a lot of interest in, you know, CBD products. And there's also a lot of interest in products that are, you know, uh, minor pains and, you know, ailments, et cetera, people are turning to cannabis as an alternative to even like acetaminophen, which I think is really exciting um, because, you know, with the legalization of cannabis also comes some normalization. So people who you know, might never have considered it as an option are happy to go into a legal shop and, you know, and uh, partake of a new product. Interesting. Final question to you, and we're grateful for your time on a very busy weekend. Uh, how close do you think we are in Vancouver and elsewhere in the province to some kind of legitimate cannabis consumption space oh I hope we're close but I'm you know there are lots of ways to consume cannabis um, so I think that you know maybe something like a smoking lounge which is a lot of what many people think of when we think about you know consuming cannabis right I think that may be you know might not necessarily be in the future realistically speaking um, but I mean music is on news laws, um, you know, cannabis primary where it's edible cannabis or drinkable cannabis, I think we will start to see those in the next, you know, 18 to 24 months coming from a licensing perspective. Interesting stuff. Well, you're a busy person. We appreciate your time on, on, on convention weekend, Jacqueline. So <laughs> back to work you go. And uh, thanks ever so much for getting up early to do this with us. Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.